0: To the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Up us upstairs in big church, we want to open up our Bibles in two different places. We're going to be here. Um, we're going to look at the. St- you know, I'm preaching on prayer the next five Sundays, and I'm going to be looking at Scripture where we see the prayers of the Bible, and we're going to start in Jonah. So we're going to be in Jonah chapter 1, we're going to turn in two different places. Jonah chapter 1, and then we're going to also flip over to Matthew chapter 12, because Jesus spoke about this. Matthew 12, 38, Jonah 1, 14. You want to follow along in your Bible with this, um, because this is a story here that I want to first give you a, a picture of a map, and give you some background information on this story. And if you have been in church, and you've been in Sunday school, and you've been in children's church, and you've heard sermons before, you have likely, or many times, heard stories on Jonah. Jonah was a prophet about 25 2,600 years ago. And Jonah lived in a little town of Joppa. So let's look at our map here. So here is our map. Joppa is along the Mediterranean Sea. It's in the land of Israel. Joppa is also where um, Peter was, where all of a sudden this sheep came down from heaven with all this unclean uh, animals and food. And God told him, says, no, Peter, you can eat this. Don't call this food unclean that God has made clean. That also happened in Joppa. It's south of Tel Aviv today. So God calls Jonah, and he needs to go to this little town, but it's not a little town, it's a big city called Nineveh. Nineveh is in current day Iraq. It's in a town or city called Mosul. and got attacked in all the ISIS mess. So, it's about 550 miles. Well, what happened? The word of the Lord, the Bible says, came to Jonah. And he was to go to Nineveh and to preach the good news to the people there. Jonah did not s- spend a single minute in prayer. The first thing he did, Joppa was a seaport town. He went down to the docks and he found the ship that was going the farthest away from where Nineveh was. Well, Spain is where Tarshish is today, current day Spain. Spain was the ends of the earth back in Bible times. So he found a boat headed 2,500 miles to Tarshish. That's where he wanted to go. Far away from the Lord. He had no desire to go to Nineveh and tell those people how to be saved and why they need to repent and turn to the Lord. He hops, he hops in a boat. And what's amazing about the story is I'm telling you the first four, few verses of chapter 1 before we pick up. He gets on the boat and he actually tells the people on the boat that he's running away from the Lord. Now, if you ever meet somebody... And they're telling you they're running away from the Lord. That should be like a red flag. Like, something's bad. About. Like, this is just, that's typically not what people say when they're doing something bad. Oh, I'm running away from the Lord. I'm going as far away as I can from Nineveh because that's where God wants me to go. And Tarshish is a great place, so I'm nowhere near that town. So he's, he's known, Jonah is known as the wrong way prophet because he truly went the opposite direction and he completely knew what he was doing. He was a very reluctant prophet as well. He just did not want to do what God called him to do. And what happened in this story is the Lord, uh, all of a sudden, he uh, is going to send a storm and a fish. But before we read the Jonah story, I want to read what Jesus spoke about this. Because Jesus talked about this story. He actually said, Jesus said that the sign of Jonah is actually one of the signs for us today. So if you have your Bible in the New Testament book, look what Jesus said about Jonah. It's in Matthew chapter 12, verse 38. And what happens is Jesus is going to get this question about signs, and he gives the sign of Jonah. Verse 38, Then some of the scribes and Pharisees said to Jesus, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. That's what folks want. They want confirmation. And I bet, truthfully, we're the same way. With this 40 days, I bet if, we, if you're faithful in praying for your 40 days uh, from to October 12th, beginning today, you will want some confirmation from the Lord that God answered, God heard, God responded to your devotion for 40 days. And I want to share, if you are on the verge of making a big decision, who to date, who to marry, Move a job, any type of major decision. Could you at least give the Lord 40 days before you finalize it? Say, This period I'm going to pray, I'm going to fast, I'm going to devote time. I mean, I remember before I didn't quite make it 40 days, uh, before I my first fast, you know, I was dating Sherry, I was thinking about marrying her. And I, I might have started out saying I'm going to do a 40-day fast. It ended up being a three-day fast. So at least I made it three days. Because I'm, you know, if you, you're about to get engaged, you're thinking about proposing to someone, you're about to make a big decision. Before I moved up here to Kentucky, we spent three or four days fasting and praying, sharing, and before any major decision you do, you should say, God, I'm giving 40 days. I can delay something to October 12th before I make a decision, especially if it's a big decision, whatever that big decision is going to be. Well, these Pharisees, these scribes, these teachers of the law, they wanted from Jesus, they wanted to see a sign. I want to tell you, they weren't getting a sign because Jesus is about to tell them, you've already had the sign. And here's the sign. He answered them in verse 39. An evil and adulterous generation demands a sign. and We are just like that. We're wanting some type of confirmation from God. But we haven't gone to the discipline to actually get that. We want an immediate sign. No sign will be given to you except the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the huge fish three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. So, that's actually what Jesus is saying, what Jonah did. He was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Son of man, me, I'm going to be in the ground, buried for three days and three nights before I'm resurrected again. So he, he uses Jonah as his sign for his future resurrection. Look at verse 41. The men of Nineveh, look at this. So remember the men of Nineveh. Nineveh actually repented at Jonah's preaching. He went there for 40 days, by the way, preaching. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at Jonah's preaching. And look, something greater than Jonah is here. Meaning, during Jonah's day... He was a reluctant prophet, and he had a detour via a fish, but he eventually got there to Nineveh, and he preached to the people, and they turned to the Lord. Jesus is saying, I'm actually the Son of God. I'm preaching to you, and you don't even repent. He's saying the pen of Nineveh were actually better than your generation. At least they repented. You don't even repent. You don't respond to the Lord. That's why he called them an evil and adulterous generation. Because their hearts are so hardened to the Lord. The men of Nineveh were more sensitive to Jonah's preaching than Jesus' preaching. Now turn over in your Bible, Old Testament book of Jonah. This is a story everyone needs to know. We're going to pick up here in Jonah chapter 1, verse 14. I want you to follow along in your Bible. So they called out to the Lord. So what happened here is the men of the ship are, are headed to Tarshish. And a massive storm appears. And it wasn't any old storm. It was the greatest storm of all storms. And it is just destroying their ship. They lost control. The ship's starting to break apart. They can't steer. They don't know what to do. And Jonah is in the bottom of the boat asleep. He's not even awake. And all they know about this man is he's headed to Tarshish, running away from the Lord. And now this storm has come about. So it says that they cast lots. That's an old-timey way of they went and gambled and rolled some dice back in Bible times. And the dice fell to Jonah. And they went and woke him up. And they're like, why on earth are you asleep? To be, how do you sleep in this type of weather? So they wake him up. And Jonah says, you know what? It's, it's actually my fault. All of this storm is because I am running away from the Lord, and the Lord is trying to get a hold of me. So Jonah volunteers to throw himself overboard. Just, guys, listen, all you need to do is just kill me. Throw me overboard, and it will solve your problem. Well, the men don't want to kill Jonah, but things start getting worse. So that's where we pick up our story. We're headed to Tarshish in a ship, going the opposite way of Nineveh. And Jonah realizes he's the root of this problem. So verse 14. So the men here called out to the Lord. Please, Lord, don't let us perish because of this man's life. And don't charge us with innocent blood. For you, Lord, have done just as you please. The men don't want to be found guilty because these, remember, Jonah paid a fare. This is like you hop on a cruise ship. I mean, you pay thousands of dollars to go to a cruise ship. And you're cruising to the Caribbean somewhere and a big storm comes about and the captain's about to throw you overboard. And you know you're doomed if that's going to happen in the middle of a hurricane. You're just not going to live. And knowing that, you paid money to be on that ship, not paid to be thrown off the ship. So that's where a dilemma is. So that they realize what they're doing is wrong. This is a hired ship and now they're about to kill their, their passenger in their mind. They picked up Jonah And threw him into the sea. So there he goes. He goes overboard. And look at this. And the sea stopped. It's raging. The moment Jonah hit the water, it's a bright sunny day. Clouds went away. Rain stopped. Wind went away. I mean, perfect weather. Great day to go fishing. Great day to go out sailing. I mean, wonderful weather. The moment Jonah... Hit the sea, and the men look what happens here. Look what the men are doing. They're threw this man overboard. They just they, in their mind they killed him. And it says the men were then seized by great fear of the Lord. Like they're like, oh my goodness, we just tossed. They gave this guy the toss, and it stopped. And it says, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Like they they like making an offering right there on the boat. After they kill the man, he says, Lord, we are are sorry. I have never in my life seen something. I've never seen weather change that fast. When Jonah hit the sea, the wind stopped. Nice, sunny, perfect day, and their boat just kept on sailing to Tarshish. They got right back on course the moment Jonah got off. But look what happens here. God was at work with Jonah even though he was going the wrong way. And just like you, if you are here this morning at church and you are running from God, you are going the wrong way, you are living or doing something disobedient to the Lord, this is what you have to deal with right here. Verse 17, the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. That's the Bible verse Jesus quoted. I one time heard a scientist say, now I believe this is a supernatural mi- miracle. Jonah is inside, I believe, a well, Maybe a great white, a great uh, blue, one of the big whales, humpback whale. Came a, the moment he hit the ground, a fish comes up and swallows Jonah. Jonah is now inside of a fish, alive. Now, as you know, a well, it breathes oxygen. It provides oxygen. So there is a lung inside of there. Some scientists said, I doubt this has ever happened to anybody on earth, but Jonah, you could actually put your head inside of a well and live while it goes up and down, I guess every hour or so. They breathe, they get a lot of air when they go up. And they can dive really deep, Wells can. And they, can, they live on that oxygen And you could have your head lodged in that well's lung and you could actually breathe. Now whether or not that is what happened or God just provided oxygen all in the fish so that this well could uh, supply Jonah with air, this is a miracle by the Lord. God provided this fish at just the right time to save this man's life. He was headed on a boat in this one direction the whale captures him and turns him around and is going to bring him back to the beach. That's, it's going to take a three-day whale trip headed back to the beach. Jonah's in this well, and all of a sudden, never up until this point has Jonah prayed. Jonah's now realizing, God won't let me die. I can't get away from this. God has called and appointed me to go to Nineveh. I even thought, I bet when Jonah was flying through the air off that boat, He thought, my life is over. I'm going to die in disobedience to God. Yet, as a supernatural miracle, God saved this man through a great fish. Jonah prayed, verse chapter 2, verse 1, prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. Finally, when you realize you're not going to die and God just keeps moving in your life, he, he turns to the Lord in prayer. So here's his prayer. I called to the Lord in my distress. And I'm sure a lot of us, a lot of times when we're in distress, when we're in times of trouble, when you're, certainly when you're trapped in a well, you're in a difficult situation in life, and you're going to cry out to the Lord. And He did that. It's times of darkness. And I want to share, I bet if you or I were lodged into a well somehow, it, there's no light. You're in total darkness inside of a living fish going up and down in the ocean to get some air and go back down. And you're just like you're on a roller coaster ride with this fish. And you're just stuck. And you know it's you and the Lord and the fish. That's it. I called to the Lord in my distress and He answered me. I cried out for help from deep inside Sheol. You heard my voice. When you threw me into the depths, into the heart of the seas, the currents The current overcame me. All your breakers and your billows swept over me. And I said, now this is the first words of his prayer. That was the preamble about his situation. What does he say? In verse 4, I have been banished from your sight. God, I'm at fault. You have done this to me. I tried to go to Tarshish. I wanted to go the other way. Yet I will look once more towards your holy temple. That's the first sign of repentance right there. I will look once more towards your holy temple. When Jonah gets back out to Joppa, and the well, well spits him back out on land, he's going to pass through Jerusalem, headed to Nineveh. And he's going to walk through Jerusalem, and he's going to see the temple right there. And he's going to look at it, And God's going to remind him, it says, you were in the depths of the sea, and you had to go this way via a well to make it to Nineveh. And he knew he would see the temple again. God was going to put him back on dry land. At this point, Jonah realized, I can't run from God anymore. And I want to tell you, that might be your situation this morning where God is speaking to you, saying you, just, you can't keep running from God. It is not an accident you are hearing this sermon. God doesn't just, just accidentally bring you to church. He has a purpose and plan for everything. And here we see it. We see that He cries out, "...the water engulfed me up to my neck. The watery depths overcame me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head." Jonah's in this fish wrapped up with seaweed. I mean, it's just disgusting. I mean, this is only man on earth this has happened to. I sank to the foundations of the mountains, the earth's gates shut behind me forever. Then you raised my life from the pit, Lord my God. So he was truly sinking down in the sea when this fish came and swallowed him. He was dying and the Lord saved him. As my life was fading away. Look at that verse. As my life was fading away. What this Bible verse means, you know, as we age, we get weaker and weaker. We fade away in life. And you can just see people around you. You can see family members, and they're losing their strength. They're losing their uh, mental capacities, and they're just fading away. It's just... It says, David says, he will go to the place of all his fathers went. We will go to this place too one day. And this is life. You're strong, you're youthful, you have full of vigor, and then you just slowly fade away. And that's how Jonah describes his life here. He is sinking down, and the Lord saved him. As my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord And my prayer came to you, to your holy temple. Those who cherish worthless idols abandon their faithful love. Meaning, Jonah knew no false God, no idol could do this. This is a true miracle of the Lord. God sent this fish to save this man's life. And in our case, a lot of times he's not sending a fish. He's sending a pastor, he's sending a parent, he's sending a grandmother, he's sending a spouse, he's sending someone, a friend, to speak truth into your life. And in Jonah's case, it was a fish. The fish saved him. And in our case, it's someone who comes along and is going to teach us what we need to know and tell us what we need to do about the Lord. And Jonah had a purpose here. And God raised this man up and called him. And the word of the Lord had came to him and said, You need to go to Nineveh. And he went the wrong way. And, he's turn, and God is turning him around. And the Jonah knows only the Lord could do this. Verse 9. But as for me, I will sacrifice to you. He knows he's going to be on land one day. He's going to get to make a sacrifice. But inside the well, he didn't have a chance to build an altar. He didn't have a chance to uh, slay a lamb and present it, a pigeon to the Lord. Look at his sacrifice he makes from inside the, land, inside the well. Verse 9, I will make a sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. That is a prayer. Sometimes, for some of us, we will find ourselves, our last few days on earth will be in a hospital bed and we will be laying there and we will not be able to get on our knees you won't be able to come to broadway baptist church you won't even be able to get up from your bed you will be laying in bread bed as the bible tells us we all fade away and we'll soon be with our lord and the only thing we can offer the lord is a sacrifice with a voice of thanksgiving. Voice of thanksgiving are words, meaning, Lord, my only sacrifice, my only offering I can give you is my voice. Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for being my God. Lord, thank you for sending this well and redirecting me and giving me a second chance as my life was fading away. And a lot of times, you know, when we're not. When we're not fading away, we're able to give an offering. We're able to fall down on our knees. We're able to stand up and raise our hands. We're able to give a prayer to the Lord. But there will be times that our only prayer, and Jonah experienced this, his only prayer he could give, his only offering, was a sacrifice, a voice of thanksgiving. He was stuck, literally stuck, inside of a well in total darkness. With seaweed wrapped around his head. I mean, awful, most miserable condition on earth. And God is speaking to him and getting a hold of him. And Look what he says in verse 9. I will fulfill what I have vowed. So you say, what did Jonah vow? The vow he made came from verse 4. The vow was finally, Jonah's repentance was in verse 4 when he said, I will will look once more towards your temple. Meaning, God, I'll do it. I know I didn't want to do this, and we had to get eaten by a whale on the way wherever I was going, and you turned me around, but now I realize that I cannot run from you anymore. So I'm going to go to Nineveh and preach to people who I don't even like. I don't even want to do this. I don't even like the people at Nineveh. But because, God, you're telling me to do this, I'm going to do it. And that's all that matters. God, a lot of times, He puts people in our life, maybe people we don't even like, He puts us in places we don't even want to be in. He puts us in in jobs, just in situations that's not our preferred preference, but there's a greater purpose to what the Lord is doing. And that's certainly the case right here because Jonah is a totally reluctant prophet. And he made a vow that I know as I head to Nineveh, I will look at your temple once again. He made a vow. You know, a lot of times you think about our vows. A vow is a promise or a commitment. I was in Midway yesterday. Uh, Sherry uh, had a friend from work marrying an architect here in our our town, and they got married at a vineyard over there in, in, in Midway, and we went to that, one of her friends. And we were there, and I was listening to the minister. He was a Presbyterian minister, did a fantastic job. He was sharing about marriage vows. A marriage is a covenant. A marriage, you make vows. It's a promise to the person, a commitment to the person you're marrying. That's what a vow is. A vow is when you get saved, also, you're making a vow to the Lord. It says, Lord, I'm gonna now live for you. A commitment you make to your when you become a parent, you're making a vow to your children, your your little people, that I will teach these children about the Lord. I will be a godly father. You will be a godly mother. We make vows all the time. When you decide you want God to take over your finances, you say, I'm going to start tithing. You say, Lord, I'm going to make a vow to you to start giving to you. These are all vows we make. Jonah's made a vow inside of a well that at this point... I'm going to go and preach to the people of Nineveh. And it says here that I will fulfill what I have vowed. Are there any vows in your life? And some of the vows might be simple, that you have a family member, you have a granddaughter, you have a grandson that does not know the Lord, and God wants you to be instrumental in sharing the gospel with them. Some of the vows might be, you take a vow that you're going to pray for 40 days, you need to do it first thing in the morning or you'll forget, you'll get busy. A vow is of serious to the Lord. God said, let your yes mean yes. Or Jesus said this, and let your no mean no, meaning that's all you need to say. God, you give the Lord your vow, He expects you to uphold it. And Jonah's going to uphold it. And then Jonah concludes his prayer by saying, salvation belongs to the Lord meaning without the Lord he would be totally dead instead of stuck inside a great fish with seaweed wrapped around his head making vows to God then the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land I'm absolutely convinced this, this fish picked up Jonah turned him around and went right back to Joppa and spit him out Right there on the same, I mean, just right there on the land. He just showed back up via a fish. And he gets up, and look what happens. Chapter 3, verse 1. We're going to read five final verses here. The word of the Lord. I I just imagine Jonah laying on the beach with seaweed wrapped around his head, starving at this point. He truly just had a fast for, uh, for three days and three nights in that fish. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Get up. That's because he's probably laying in the sand right there on the beach. Get up. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach the message that I tell you. Jonah got up, went to Nineveh according to the Lord's command. Now he's ready to obey God. He had to go through that mess to obey the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an extremely great city. A three-day walk. That doesn't mean he walked 550 miles to Nineveh. That means when they arrived in Nineveh, they walked around for three days. It was a big city. A lot of people lived there. It took a long time to preach the gospel. And his his message was, Jonah set out on the first day of his walk in the city and proclaimed, in 40 days, there's our 40-day fast right there, There's a countdown for Nineveh. In 40 days, Nineveh will be demolished. Then the people of Nineveh believed God. They listened to God, to what Jonah said. They believed God. They proclaimed a fast and dressed in sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least. The people responded to Jonah's preaching. For 40 days, he walked around that city over and over and over again, proclaiming the need for turning to the Lord. And the people did that. The Bible actually says even the animals put on sackcloth. Even the dog got saved at Nineveh. Everyone. If you read the rest of the book of Jonah, Jonah is one of the most amazing books. Jonah was truly an interesting character because after the people repented to the Lord, he didn't want the people there to get saved. It says he went up on the mountaintop hoping to see God destroy the city, to watch to what was happening. Then the Lord didn't destroy the city because the people repented and turned to the Lord. And he became angry with God. And the Lord came to him again and says, Jonah, why are you angry with me? Why are you upset about this? And he says, God, because I knew you were a compassionate, loving God. And then God said to Jonah, there's 120,000 people in this town of Nineveh. And they don't know the right hand from their left hand. They are totally confused. And I want to see them saved too. That was a Gentile city. Nineveh was not a Hebrew or Jewish city. These people did not worship Yahweh Lord, but they repented and believed God, the Bible says. In the story of Jonah, the most reluctant person to respond to the Lord was actually Jonah. You think about it. Think about the men on the ship that eventually threw Jonah over. It says they offered a sacrifice right there. They turned to the Lord after they saw with a miracle of the, the wind calming down. Then you think about the people of Nineveh. They repented at Jonah's preaching. They turned to the Lord. The one guy who just struggled the most to turn to the Lord was actually the man who was swallowed by a fish. Who the Lord kept alive. The most obvious person you would think who would get you, God would get a hold of because he went to Nineveh via a well through the bottom of the sea and God kept him alive, he struggled the most with turning to the Lord and believing God. People in Nineveh believe God. The men that threw him into the sea, they believe God. But Jonah struggled with this. And I think the key part of this verse is in verse 9. Jonah 2.9, if this entire message in this prayer, I will fulfill what I have vowed. I made this promise you, God. I told you I would do it because you kept me alive in this fish. I now will go do it. And I think for us, what vow have you made to God that you're trying to break? What are you trying to get out of? What are you not fulfilling your end of a promise? But some of you, it's not that you're breaking a vow. Some of you need to make a vow. Some of you need to get saved. Some of you need to join this church. Some of you need to commit to 40 days of prayer. Some of you are standing at the brink of massive change in your life. You're about to make a big decision. And before you make it, you need to say, Lord, I'll surrender 40 days. Let's just see what happens till October 12th. I'll just press pause for right now and we'll see what happens after this revival. God, we'll just see what you can do. And we look at what happened here. It took that for God to get a hold of Jonah. And I think for us, we need to make sure that we are not going to Tarshish when God's sending us to Nineveh and we're running from the Lord and God is speaking to us, reminding us of our vows, trying to get a hold of us to turn us around and using every and any possible means so we are on the right track towards the Lord. And the right track for us is just simple obedience. That's all it was. God just wanted Jonah to go preach. He said, why didn't God go himself? Because God in the Bible would always raise up people to proclaim truth. He would raise up the way people get saved. God, doesn't, God the Father doesn't come down and say, turn to me, repent. Even when Jesus did preach, no one believed Him. That's why they were demanding a sign. And He said, the only sign is that of Jonah. If you want to get saved, look at Jonah. Look at how God saved this man. How He was so concerned about the Ninevites repenting and turning to the Lord. Why can't you believe that? If, why can't you believe me if you believe the story of Jonah? And I believe we, some of us here this morning, we are living like Jonah. We're running from the Lord and God is trying to get a hold of us, reminding us of the vows we need to take, you need to take, or you need to go back and re-honor that you've broken. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I'm going to invite Beecher and the band to come forward at this time. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. We're going to pray verse 9. We're going to ask the Lord. We're going to, with a voice of thanksgiving. that is the only offering He could give. from that that fish. And not only that, we're going to say, God, we're going to make a vow this morning. A vow for 40 days. A vow for you to do a miracle in our life. A vow for you to move in our life. So let's bow our heads and pray. God, I pray that we will give a voice offering of thanksgiving, just like Jonah did from the fish. Lord, he thanked you for saving him from the depths. Lord, I pray also, that we will be like Jonah and we are in this dark depths and Lord, in our life and just in rebellion and sin and Lord, You are reminding us, getting a hold of us, turning us around via a fish to put us back to where we need to go. Lord, You want us, if You tell us to go to Nineveh, we need to go to Nineveh, even if we don't want to go to Nineveh. Lord, You are one that's a gracious God, and you wanted to see those people saved. You wanted your name to be praised. And Lord, some of us here, we need, to re- we need to honor the vow that we've made, or Lord, we need to take a vow, and we need to make a commitment. And our vow this morning is that we're going to be faithful for 40 days of crying and calling out to you. Lord, we can make it to October 12th for something. We can hit pause on whatever we're about to do. And Jesus, I just pray this invitation that we will respond to you. We need, our Nineveh is right here for a lot of us. We're right where we need to be. Might not be where we want to be, but Lord, it's where you're leading us to. And God, I just pray if there's anyone here that needs to get saved, and they need to surrender their life, they've been running for you too long, I pray they'll step out of this pew and come take mine or Zach's hand and give their life to you. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us a church. Thank You for this season of prayer as we look at prayers in the Bible. Lord, speak to us this morning as we call and cry and respond to You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. We're going to close this service here with an invitation. I stand down front. Zach Bowers right here next to me. You come take our hand. If you want to make a decision, join this church, follow Jesus, whatever it is. Now is our time to respond.